here's the thing at some point you're gonna have to stop talking about it and you're gonna have to start doing it at some point you're gonna have to stop doubting yourself and you're gonna have to start engaging in the process and at some point you're gonna have to realize that the dreams god put in your heart are there because they're a compass calling you into your created purpose let's get it Welcome, friends, to another episode here on the Recovering Reality Podcast. I have a dear friend of mine with me today, friend of many years. Goodness, dude. Like yeah. 12, 13 years, maybe? Oh, stop it. <laughs> that long? I think, I think it has been. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Jesus. Way back in san diego yeah this is yeah. my friend bray wyckoff bray is an author i i thought it was like i thought you written five or six books i didn't realize you've written 14 books yeah it's it's out of control man <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking it's people, are done. people are done hearing me talk <laughs> uh we're gonna dive into that <clears throat> you also with your amazing wife, Jill, travel the country, raising up um, chapters, groups of writers yep. uh, that are publishing books. So you're coaching a lot of people in writing and have done many other amazing things for the kingdom. And we'll dive into a whole a whole bunch of it, man. But I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm ready for a good time. I'm ready for everyone to join us and we're going to laugh and cry. And there's going to be deliverance. There's going to be healing. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. And it's probably just us, but we'll see if anyone else wants to join in. We're certainly going to do plenty of laughing. And I wouldn't be surprised if those other things were byproducts of it. You were just down here. You were yeah, just down here. My spent some first time. time in Florida. Yep. Was it really? Yeah. I was really excited and it did, it did not disappoint mainly because you guys are there, but, uh, <laughs> we saw a beautiful sunset Fort Myers beach and, uh, Oh, we did. That's right. That was nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. And that yeah. same day I saw the sun rise on the, on the West coast of Florida, drove across to see you and got to see the, the East coast sunset. Yeah. Okay, so you saw the sunrise on the East coast. Yeah. The East coast. Sorry. Yes. And then came over to your side. Yeah. And saw it set. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. Man, the beaches down here in Florida are just amazing. They are. So you get out there in, in the Pacific Ocean and in California, the water's cold. It's cold. Yeah, Touch your just, breath away. The end of summer, it's still. We just baptized somebody the other day, and I'm like, it was a reminder, like how cold it is. <laughs> 68 <laughs> degrees. So and it's summertime. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of surfing out there as well. Big waves, a lot of surfing. Um, no, you don't get any of that here. No. No, don't come to Florida to surf. I've heard there's some spots that are all right on the uh, East Coast. I'm not a surfer, but I've heard people talk about it. But no, nah, man, you're not going to get waves to surf in Florida. There's basically no waves. And the water for most of the year feels like a mild hot tub it's hot yes. <laughs> you get in the water it's like 85 degrees it's hot and the beaches are just beautiful man 
Yeah, they Almost are. every year there's a Florida beach named number one in, in the country. All the time, dude. The beaches down here are just, it's beautiful. I can't get too far away from them. God has called me yeah. to live in places where there's not a beach at times. And I'm like, just because it's you, Jesus, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only reason. <laughs> You're the only reason I'm saying yes to this. And get I hope on the here. other side, you get me to a beach when we're done here. <laughs> uh, you'll be rewarded <laughs> it always does uh so so let's start there man what what were you doing all the way in florida what, what were you doing all over the country with all these people man what, what do you got going on that takes you all over this nation well we just returned from a four month four months driving in our honda pilot all around the U.S., 30 states, wow. including Canada, because we went up there to Niagara Falls. But uh, it was all from one word the Lord said, and he said, go. And wow. we've been going the last few years, uh, driving around, because there's such a need for community, and people are just hungry for authentic community, but also something that's speaking to them that that's that's their language that's their lane so we're talking to the writers who you know kingdom writers we call our, our groups called kingdom writers association and so we travel around and these chapters what we're calling chapters uh communities of writers are launching and starting we have close to 30 chapters now around around the world wow and um we spoke to probably over six, seven hundred people on our trip. Um, we had numerous meetings and one-on-ones, and uh, you know, time with with friends and family throughout the trip. Uh, but everybody is just very hungry. There was a strong deliverance when we were traveling through, and the Lord's given us a language where it's not about the writing that people are doing, but it's about the writer. He wants to talk to his people. I heard his audible voice right here in my office in 2015. He said, Bray, gather my scribes and give me room to speak to them. And so since January of 2016, we've been gathering every single month. And it started with five people. And here we are today with an international organization in the the hundreds, maybe thousands um, of people uh, that are just receiving from the Lord. Um, uh, You know, we... We bring tons of scripture into this. This is, it's like a church service for writers. Um, I don't know how how else to explain it, but it's uh, people will come to our meetings and say, I I thought we were going to talk about writing and themes and prose and characters and dialogue and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't learn anything about that. But what I learned was who I am as a writer for God. And that's just monumental, seeing that type of breakthrough come through and um, just radical stuff happened through our our entire travels around the USA. And it was hard, you know, try to figure, you know, planning people plan for a week vacation. We planned for a four month and people think, you know, oh, it's so fun. I want to travel around and do what you're doing. And I'm like, man, it's I thought fun, that way, too, but, but it, it's tough. <laughs> We just went 16 days on the road. Uh, we did ministry in four different states. We ended up driving through seven and with three little boys. And like, 
Y'all did a whole bunch, just like your trip, man. It's just like, it. you got to really sit down and even remember everything God did. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, dude, it's, it's work. Yeah. It's, it's work traveling around the planning, the coordinating, the, the different States, the planning meetings, the doing the meetings. The, it, it's, it's work, man. It's fun. Yeah. Get out there and see some new things, but you're right, man. It's, it's work. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard on the body. When we hit that, that last month, we hit that wall. We're like, man, it's just time to get home. But the most significant fruit happened in our final month. It was crazy, but uh, we finished strong. The Lord finished strong. He gave us the strength to push through. And but right now we're we're feeling uh, we're about two and a half weeks, almost three weeks uh, being home. And uh, the Lord's been ministering to us, like just sending angels to us, just ministering to us, just re- rejuvenating us, and and uh, we're we're excited for for what's to come and and uh, exciting things ahead, guys. Let's go. Yeah, man. There's no doubt about that. There's a couple of things you mentioned I want to talk about in there. One is this thing about community. Yes. You know, I love. I've learned to love the church more and more over the years. And I've, for the most part, gotten over some things. <laughs> uh, so I want to start by saying that. Here comes the deliverance. <laughs> I want to start by saying that because sometimes you th- say things and people just, they, they take it wrong when you. But either way, I'll just say this. It can be difficult to do community in church sometimes. It shouldn't be. And it's kind of crazy to think about, like, the whole point of church is to gather people, but it's sometimes it's difficult to do community in that setting. Yeah. And I think for a lot of reasons, I think there's still some people that think you actually have a relationship with people if you just see them for 10 minutes on Sunday morning. Hey, how was your week? My week was good. How was yours? Awesome. Bless you, brother. Praying for you. I mean, that, I mean, that in and of itself is, I mean, it's good to connect with people and everything, but it's like, you don't have a relationship with somebody doing that. No, no. You don't know anything of what's going on in their life. You don't know what's going on with their kids, their work, their vision. You don't know any, you you have no idea. Um, So you have to be extremely intentional about gathering and seeking God together and finding like-minded people and really beginning to pursue and build something. And I find it more and more and more people are, I would dare even use the word desperate, desperate yep. for authentic relationships, real relations where they're, they're not just seeing someone at church and maybe at an extra meeting or Bible study, which is still good. Okay. But I'm talking like really, really knowing each other and doing life together. I would dare say there is a, even a collective desperation for it. And people need it so badly. And when, you bring, when, when you're doing life together and you're constantly connected to each other and you're challenging each other and growing and pursuing something, man, that's where the real power and fruit come out of. And, yeah. you know, you guys driving around and establishing these communities and mentoring, discipling, coaching, whatever language we want to stick on that. It is so unbelievably needed, especially, I mean, for anybody that's walking with Jesus, period, you're not built to do this alone. End of statement. You cannot do this alone. You will not step into your destiny and you will not reach your potential trying to do this alone. That's right. It's just not going to happen. 
And we get in these communities though, man, and you start growing in ways that you just didn't even know were possible. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, you're spot on because, you know, as a, as a pastor, um, you know, going through the church and it was so difficult because people are pulling on you so much. Just thinking of the church environment, you go in there and you've got a job to do. You're delivering a message, whatever it is. You've got, you know, the, the worship team, you got the prayer team, you got everybody's teams focusing on this, 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 this one hour to two hours max together. And you're trying to cram everything in uh, and then try to build community behind that. It's, it's very difficult. And uh, it's the, it's a, how are you doing? But I really don't care. Yeah. How are you doing? Please How don't doing? tell me. But yeah, please don't get don't, into it though. I, don't tell dude, me. I got to go over here and do some- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are you doing? But don't tell me at all. <laughs> right. So I get that as a pastor and people would come up to me and I'd say, how are you doing? And they'd go, good, doing really good. And I go, and I looked at them. I stopped. I looked at their eyes. I said, how are you doing? And literally tears would fall down their eyes because right there in the spot, I, they finally got seen and they wanted to be heard by somebody and they need that. And I was like, man, there's such a hunger within people here to know who we are. I'm like, I want to know who their children are. I want to know their husbands and wives and, and their family. And it's so difficult to do in that church environment. You really have to, to fight for that. And so 100%. we're doing we're doing that with KWA Kingdom Writers Association. I'm I'm really fighting for relationships. And when I look at people, I say, I want to do life with you. They go, What? Whoa, life? I'm like, Yeah, I'm, I want to do life with you. Let's let's connect via Zoom. Let's let's um, you know, when we drove around, we had like 40 over 40 one-on-one meetings, and people were blown away. Like, you would come to meet me in my neck of the woods, in this small town out in the middle of nowhere to have coffee with me. And I go, yeah, God wants us to have relationship with one another. And if I can't get out there, I'm going to Zoom call with you. I'm going to like, let's talk and chat and find out what, what is your desires? What are your dreams? What are, what are your passions? What are you going after? What is the assignment that God's placed upon you? And let's champion one another, encourage one another, and really go for it. Because this is our time. This is our season. This is the place that God purposefully placed us on this planet in this thread of time and said, Eric, Bray, everyone, you are unique. And you and I purposefully and fearfully and wonderfully made you to be here to represent me in this time. And we have so many people out there just spinning out of control saying, what is my purpose? Why am I here? So many in the church. Why am I here? I'm listening to a sermon, Gosh, but I don't know what I'm doing. Dude, a couple of things are coming to mind. One, you're making me miss San Diego. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, in San Diego, it was like, and I'm sure it's still like this in a lot of ways, but at least the t- 10 years I was there, it was like, dude, there were seasons where I didn't, I would be at a church on Sunday mornings if we, uh, we were speaking or like we were, we were doing, we got invited to do something, but there would be like three year stretches where I, I wasn't at a church on Sunday mornings, but I was, I was more connected to people than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. And I was, we were, dude, we were in, it's probably still like this, I'm sure, but 
I remember when I was there, it was like every night of the week, you could find a worship gathering at someone's house that was packed with, you know, anywhere from 10 to 50 people. And it was just like people worshiping and fellowshipping and hanging out. And that's the kingdom. Yeah. It's really knowing people. It's really connecting with people. People aren't programs. People aren't projects. People, you draw out what's in somebody through relationship. You draw it out by spending time and speaking to the potential within them. You know, the other thing it's bringing to mind is like, and and I'll share this through my lens of what God's called me to do, but you're doing it through writing, but it's the same thing. So Mm -hmm. hear messages in church and the pastors championing people, championing Champ championing in <laughs> yes, <laughs> championing championing. There you go. <laughs> Cheering them on. That's the word I should use <laughs> to <clears throat> get out there and share Jesus. And that's great. That's an awesome message. I love those messages because that's what you're what God's called you to to steward. He's called you to disciple nations. He wants to give you nations, he wants to give you radical influence in the world to disciple people into a way of kingdom living and relationship with Jesus. And, and people love those messages and they get all fired up and it's like a message like that. People are standing up. Yeah. Amen. Cheering. And as, as they should, and it's great. But here's the thing that I realized a very long time ago is that 90% of the people are going to leave the church and they're never going to do it. But it took me a little bit to realize something. And that was this, most of the people, I, I would say a lot of those people want to, but they have no idea how. Right. So they leave the church fired up. I'm going to do it. And then the thought comes of like calling so-and-so and and sharing Jesus with them, a friend or, you know, on the streets and going up to someone and praying for them. And they, they let fear get the best of them. But I I almost want to say rightfully so, because it's like, they've never seen it modeled. They have no idea how to talk to people. They have no idea what it looks like to see people healed outside of a church setting where it's much, 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 much easier. They have no idea how to go up and share a word of encouragement, prophetic word, word of knowledge, wisdom. They don't, they have no idea how, so they don't do it. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest missing elements in the body of Christ today is that there is not training and equipping. Yeah. It is it is so hard to find churches and people that will really dedicate their time and energy to really train you how to do it. With my wife and I, it's the prophetic. We've had the privilege of doing it all over the country. We still do it. I've, you know, God has spoken to me to do it, and I've kind of defaulted to doing tons of it online through Zoom calls and through resources. Uh, but we've done even down here workshops and taking people through classes and. People don't know how until it's modeled. They see it clear in scripture, then it's modeled for them. And then they have a space to practice and grow and ask questions and learn as they go. With you, it's writing. With you, it's writing. But it's like, it's one thing to talk to a group of people and say, some of you are called to write. Now get out there and do it. And there's, you know, a percentage of people in the audience that respond to it. And they're like, yeah, God has called me to do that. Like I've started writing some things. I absolutely want to, but then they kind of just go home back to their little isolated world maybe. And they're still just like, what was, how do I, what do I do? Yes. How do, how do I do that though? And so I love this creating community, like-minded people and training. 
yeah equipping people on how to draw that story out and put it onto paper man it is yeah. so so needed you're spot on because we <clears throat> it's called discipleship <laughs> you know we come down to what, what jesus modeled was here i'm going to give you the word of the lord but now let's model it let's let me show you the word of the lord let me show you it in action and so we we miss that in the church a lot of times there's nobody there to to champion that piece of it and we have we had we have some church bodies that do that really well true mm -hmm. we've seen that here even in san diego and bethel other places around the world you know there's training camps and they're they're doing significant things and significant movements but uh, this discipleship thing is huge. And when the Lord said, gather my scribes and give me room to speak to them, it wasn't about speaking to their actual writing. It was actually saying, I want to speak to you as the writer and say, and get you healed up and freed up and, and, and break off the things that are holding you back. Because if you're going to write, but you're still broken, then you're going to release broken things. So yeah. we've got people out there that even in discipleship, need to be healed and set free and delivered of things and then move into those things. But you can still do it while doing the prophetic, while doing the healing, while doing those things. But then it comes down to what is your specific assignment? Maybe somebody's fearful of going out into public and talking to someone one-on-one -on -one in groups like this. You know, we've seen that, the fear factor, like, oh my gosh, I'm out in the streets and I got to talk to somebody and tell them a prophetic word, a stranger on the road, and I don't even know what to say, and and will they receive it? And and the, the answer is yes and no. But the thing is, we got to step out and do it because you just don't know until you go. And to see the breakthrough in people when they get it, it's like just, bam. And then, we, and then they get to train the next people down the road. It's discipleship, guys. Get in a place where you can be trained and equipped by somebody a mentor somebody that you're looking up to um, that's actually doing things and you want to be pushed in that direction that's so needed i needed it so i know we all need that kind of push we need that coach in our life we need that person that's going to speak into our life and say you've got this you can do this i believe in you this is what scripture says this is what god says so why are we in fear of man when God is with us. So we're, we're seeing that bust loose more and more, my friend. And, and, um, in, in unique ways, like just looking at the writers, it's like, wow, it's like we had massive deliverance. I mean, I'll tell you this we I had a, a, a young lady contact me a few years back saying, um, wanting advice. She private messaged me, said, uh, I need some advice and I want to know about, you know, the writing and what I need to do and what, you know, class I need to take and all of these things. It made a real long message to me. And I, I, I sent her a short message back and I forgot what I'd said. So I had coffee with her years later. She said, um, I was driving through Redding, California. And she's like, Oh, I want to meet up with you. And we've never met in person. I said, oh, great, let's do it. So we had coffee. She sat across the table and she's like, do you remember me sending you this message about what to do about writing? I'm like, actually, I don't. What? And she's like, well, you responded and I really did not like what you said. And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this turned me into a, a different meeting. <laughs> so why did you bring me here again? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. So what did I say again? Because I don't even remember. And she said, you just said two words. You responded after I had this whole message and you said two words to me. And I go, what did I say? 
and she said and you said she said just right that's all i said was just right <laughs> and she was so pissed she she was looking at me like fuming she said and i and she just sat on it for months and then all of a sudden she's the lord started talking to me he's right you need to just sit down and write and she sat down and wrote in that day it was years later she said today i've published 30 books whoa how many years how, how, how i've written 14 years? in two <laughs> it years was, it was in uh like three or four 30 three books. or four years 30 books oh my yeah. gosh that's crazy well look man it's so it's so true so again yours with writing and I'm a writer too, but I'm not called to train to quit people in the writing. You know what I mean? And I, <clears throat> I tell people when we do these workshops, we we do activation stuff, and I just tell people it's kind of like learning a new language. You're not going to learn it till you start speaking it. Yes. You have to just you have to do it. You learn by doing. That's yes. how you learn. Even First Corinthians fourteen thirty one it says you all can prophesy one by one so that you can learn and be encouraged. Yes. You learn by doing it. And it's the exact same thing with writing. I remember, so even with writing, I remember um, I've always loved writing. I started when I was like 13 and I started by writing uh, hip hop. And I wrote like three hip hop albums. And at one point I probably had 25 notebooks front to back. There wasn't a spare, there wasn't one piece of paper in the whole thing. I would, it, they were filled. I ended up chucking them because a long time ago there i didn't really write about good things when i was was doing that but and and i and and hip-hop was was fun you know back in the day but that died away but it was the love of writing that's the only reason i did hip-hop it just became an avenue to express the writing yeah i remember i was writing for a newspaper in a college and i remember i would get assigned articles to write and i would sit down and i would try and do it perfect and I would sit down and I would like write the first two sentences. And I'm like, I can't start with saying that, erase it. And I write a couple of things. Oh my gosh, like oh, that, that's, that's not it either. Right? And finally, and I honestly don't remember if it was somebody telling me this or if I just did. I, I don't remember how it worked. Either way, I look back and it was God, even though I wasn't walking with God then. But I just started puking. Just, just write, just get it out. Just do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I would sit down and back then it would be like, I had seven to 800 words to write an article. Right. So you have a certain amount of space and I would just start writing and I'm not, I don't, I don't care if this is the first line I can fix that. I can move it. I just, just start doing the writing. And all of a sudden my articles started taking like no time at all. You just sit yeah. down and be like, all right, I can easily write 700 words on this right now. Let me just whip it out and just whip it out. Come back and look at it the next day. Oh, that's not going to work there. This paragraph needs to be here. I can fit. And then do my best and submit it. And then, of course, they just do nothing but lace the whole thing with red ink and tell you, you need to change this, 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 and this. <laughs> but it got started by just, just do it. Yeah, You have to just get past the fear thing. See, oftentimes what takes place is we allow fear to get into our psyche and disguise itself as wisdom. Right. And then we sit there and we're like, well, no one's going to read it. Well, is this, I don't have time to do this anyways. Well, is, is this a good use of my time? Like, well, what am I? And all of a sudden you talk yourself right out of it thinking it's wisdom and it's not, it's fear. And yeah. when you get past that and you just start doing that thing you're called to do, you start to get in the rhythm. God yes. connects you with the people. 
God brings the resources. And all of a sudden, just because you dared to do, God begins to put everything into place to bring it about, man. That's why I love so much what you guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, you remind me of this, um, the scripture um, in Matthew uh, Jesus is like land blasting the, the the Pharisees and the scribes. It's called the seven woes, and a lot of the you know the Bibles and you know, give a title for that section, the seven woes. And there's like you you whitewash tombs, you you brood of vipers. I mean, he's just laying into them, and it's long, like he just the outside going. of the cup, not the inside. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just brutally going after them. I'm like, and um. And it gets to the very end of this 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 monologue of, of attacks against them. And they're just taking it, just standing there. And he says, therefore, and he's basically saying, this is why I am sending. And, and this one is Matthew 23, 34. Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes. Come because on. of the, the, the darkness that you're spewing out in this in this in the world this is why I'm sending prophets wise men and scribes bam there it is guys you know we got the prophetic we got the wisdom of the Lord and we've got the writers writers scribe is an officer of the court A scribe is someone called into the courtroom of heaven to 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 write this down from your king your king is saying something and the scribe is there going yes lord what do you want me to say and he's saying scribe write this down make it plain on tablets and then take it back to my people so they can run with it habakkuk 2 2 i mean in jeremiah 30 verse 2 like you know write the book the, write the vision that i've given you i mean it's just so plain out there you know write these things say these things and then we can move, even at the writers, moving in the fivefold ministry through writing. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be, uh, you know, a, a prophet, an apostolic. There's an evangelism to it. There's, there's all of these things wrapped up into it. And what does it look like? So it's us to discover who we are in Christ. In the church, as a pastor, I'm there. Like you, Eric, you're trying to help people uncover who they're supposed to be. What is it that, that makes you tick? What is it that, that makes you want to, to, to yell from the rooftops, Jesus, and nothing else? Mm -hmm. But maybe your yelling is a little different than my yelling or what we think of to be yelling. I sure hope but it let, is. Let's it move into that direction. And so we're just getting people fired up to, like, to really discover the gold inside of them because in order to find gold, you got to dig through the dirt. Yeah, a lot of it. Let's, God is the excavator. The Holy Spirit is going to come in with an excavator and start scooping away that dirt, all that crap that the that the that you've taken on. Scoop it away and find that gold within you. Pull it out and let's go for it. I hope you are being filled with encouragement and hope from this podcast. I want to take just a moment here, guys, and tell you a little bit about what it is we do here at Recovering Reality. For the last eight years, we've been coaching people one-on-one -on -one and seeing radical life transformations. If you are struggling with addiction or in your recovery or just feel extremely stuck in life and cannot get past the challenge that's in front of you, 
reach out. Let's talk, see how it is we can help you step into freedom and purpose. And in the last few years, we have seen more and more people reaching out to us and asking for guidance and coaching on how to start their business or ministry. How is it you get that vision in your head, down on paper and into action so you can step into your calling and your purpose with God and change the world? If that's you, let's have a conversation. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, guys. There's a quote. I'm going to butcher it. And I believe it, I believe it was Rockefeller. I believe, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but I believe it was Rockefeller and Rockefeller had, um, he had raised up like, I think it was like 30 millionaires and a reporter asked him and the reporter said, how is it that you found 30 millionaires and, you know, that are working for you and that you work with and whatnot? And he said, well, they weren't millionaires when I found them. He said, (laughs) He said, you see, everyone's got gold inside of them, but in order to get to the gold, exactly what you said, in order to get to the gold, you have to mine through endless dirt. Yeah. But when you find that gold, you found the value and he treated people according to that. And I think, I believe it was Rockefeller and I'm paraphrasing the quote, of course, but he was like 30 millionaires that he raised. And we're talking millionaires back way back then. Yeah. Who this probably what means they made like 50 million or something crazy now with inflation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Let me let me push back on you a little bit and see. because uh, I know you've got I, I know you've had these conversations and people have asked you. And and so so somebody feels like they're supposed to write a book. And in this day and age, they're like, Well, who even reads a book anymore? Like, why mm-hmm. would why would I write a book? book nobody even reads anymore there's a million books out there who's going to read mine uh let's just start with that one if somebody's saying well why would i do that nobody even reads books anymore what's your response to that and your thought process with that so i would say you you choose disobedience over the calling that god's given you to write You know, because it comes down to the one, is it worth it? You know, and Jesus modeled that brilliantly saying, is it, you know, it's, it's worth the one. And so even if the one, I have people that have written their book just for Jesus, because Jesus called them to write them a book personally for him. They published it and it's sitting on their shelf. They wrote it for him. They did not put it out into the market. It's just for him because they, they were being obedient to the Lord. Wow. And then there's there's ones that are called to reach the masses and, and and they want and God guides them through to reach the masses. But then there's some that are called to this is where it gets interesting. This is the scribal calling. This is this isn't about writing books. This is about being a scribe for the Lord. We have people that are sending prophetic and encouraging text messages to people in a timely manner, when the Holy Spirit leads them, they text message someone. We have uh, someone that's a a veteran that he reaches his army veteran friends that he's uh, grown relationships over the years, and he sends a timely message to them as led by the Holy Spirit, and they respond back maybe quickly or the next few days, saying, "Bro, when you sent that message, I was about to commit suicide." Wow. And I stopped. That's so good. So we're reaching those saying, you are a scribe. You are a kingdom writer because you're hearing from the Lord and you're writing. We have people that are handwriting letters and sending them out. We have people that are sending timely emails. We have people that are 
writing in journals. We have people that are um, doing social media, um, you know, all this types of things. So we're in, the Lord is encompassing all of his scribal army for such a time as this. So it's about obedience. That's really where I go after. Um, we have people that have come to me saying, man, I, the Lord told me to write this 40 years ago and I didn't. And I'm like, so you've been in disobedience for 40 years? Wow. Mm. Let's get you back into the game here and let's start focusing on that. And now we're seeing them, you know, after 40 years getting their book out. Um, what does it look like? What is the Lord calling you to actually do instead of us trying to placate the world? Because if you're, why is the God, did God say he wanted you to publish a book specifically? Then, okay, then let's address that. Or is it something that he's asked you to do with writing and we, and you haven't discovered that platform that he wants to use or utilize through you yet? Then let's figure that out. Um, so it's about it's about mapping out and there's some coaching process with that. And, uh, and, and simply just hearing what their heart is instead of me telling you what to do as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to hear from them. And so it's just a, it's that's the relationship. That's part of doing life together. And and uh and processing things together because we need community in order to process and we need to gather so god can speak to his writers and go to the next level whatever that is mm-hmm. the bible says it all the time whatever it is do that it doesn't say specifically do this thing it says whatever it is so each one of us has a whatever it is inside of us this That's is good. the goal that we need to find and then do that for the lord that's so good, man. You said something of um a minute ago as well, talking about the fivefold coming through the writing. Yes. And it's I'll say this quickly and we'll get back to the writing, but I'll just say this. <laughs> um <laughs> the without the fivefold truly functioning in a church body, that church body is never going to accomplish the fullness of what God's called them to do. It is not going to happen. And I, I, there are churches that function in it. Um, I think there's underneath that a big portion of churches that talk about it a lot, but they don't actually have an apostle. They don't have a prophet. They don't have an, they have people that are apostolic. They have people that prophesy. They have people that evangelize, but they don't have someone fulfilling the office right. who is full. It's their full-time job to train and equip and raise people up and launch them into the works of ministry. They don't have that. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, just that people are talking about it more is good. And the next phase would be uh, actually doing it. The next phase would be, you know, well, you say you're a fivefold, but you don't have a prophet. So how are you a fivefold? Yeah. You say you are, but you don't have this. So explain to me how you are a fivefold. But <clears throat> I just, it just felt better to get that out real quick. But back to the writing. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to get the deliverance part, people. Guys, I tell you, here it comes. <laughs> Feel better just saying it, man. Yeah, um, man, that's part of it. It's got to get it out, man. Get it out. <laughs> Let it go, man. Let it go. That being that being said, I never really had that thought that inside of one book, the the fivefold is portrayed. But if you think about it, man, I would say most books you're going to see the apostolic, the prophetic. The message being carried evangelism you're going to see them trying to um pastor people you know care for people yeah. and love them and then it's teaching so it's almost as if like every single book carries the fivefold element in it 
no matter what the message is, even if it's a message that has nothing to do with the kingdom, they're still checking those boxes. Yes. And I never looked at, I never looked at writing that way. It's a very power. I'm glad you said it. it's a very powerful way to look at it, man. Yeah. It's, it's big because I tell people, I'm like, have you ever had where you wrote, you wrote something down in your journal or whatever, and you look back and you read it and you go, Whoa, who wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> so, like you get it. And I'm like, that's the Holy spirit writing through you. Because if you're going to read it back to yourself going, wait a second, I don't even remember writing. That. I don't even remember. Wow. This is ministering to me, you know, and I wrote this, you know, I, I read, you know, my kingdom writers devotional and, uh, and I'm like, there's things in there still to this day that I'm like, wow, I don't even remember writing this. And this is powerful. This is so good. And, uh, and it, that's God. The, and he is the fivefold ministry. He is everything and he's going to flow through us at however he sees fit. This is the part where he says, write down what I say mm-hmm. and then do it. And so this is part of the doing it process. You know, we hear it from the, the word, from the pulpit, the church, uh, a, a meeting, a workshop. Uh, we can hear from the Lord through a secular environment. And now there's the no. action of us doing it. No, don't argue with me, Eric. Don't, don't you. God doesn't speak through anything secular. <laughs> I can't tell you how many movies I've heard God through. I can't tell oh, you how wow. many stories that are not written by a Christian that I, I hear it, listen yeah. to it, see what I'm like. Oh, man, God, that's you're speaking right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will. He will use donkeys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> As long as I get to be the donkey that carries in the king, I'm all good. That's right. Come on. (laughs) Oh, man. So let me ask you this, man. We can we can talk about this for a little bit uh, before we wrap up. But what would you say to the person? So obviously, let's let's zero in on like um, community and writing. Okay, so. You got the person out there who just struggles with that community thing. They're not, you know, disenchanted and all angry at the church and just isolated and by themselves. They go to church and everything and they've, they've kept their heart in the good place, but they just have not been able to really, really establish real community. What what would you say to that person that's in that spot who's absolutely desperate but has just not been able to find a real community to really do life with and extend the kingdom? Yeah, we're actually seeing that happen in action. So these chapters that are starting, these communities, we have people coming, they'll drive to the the gatherings, you know, hours away just to get to it because the Lord said to go, or they're just anxious, um, uh, nervous to go. We have a lot of people like uh, they just don't like crowds or they just don't like people or they don't like church. (laughs) That's going to be a problem to establish community if you don't like people. But they, but they still show up. It's like I'm hearing them talk to him. Like I, I, I fought to get here. Like because my, my flesh, my whatever, did want want me to come. But I knew I needed to be here for whatever reason. And I thought it was to, you know, the the writing part of it really comes into play. Or creativity. Well, of creativity um, gatherings, those that are dancers and uh, painters and bakers and whatever they are. 
that they would come to these gatherings because that's the catalyst. That's the draw because they're so ingrained into that type of um, format. So whether it be writing or whatever the creative bent is, they're so hungry to get their breakthrough for that, that God's using that to draw them in. And so when they get there, they're nervous as heck. They don't want to be here. They're sitting in the back corner as far as away. And they got their arms crossed over the, you know, like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I've probably just all hear, been that person at least once. I just want to hear what you have to say. And then I'm out. <laughs> and then by the time that gathering is over, they're in tears. They heard from the Lord. They realize that community matters because our message is about community and what God says about community. And he says to gather and encourage. And, you know, let me, there's a scripture that really convicts everybody. Here. I love, I love pulling it. the scripture out. Pull a page out of Graham Cook's book. He says, I better read from the Bible so people think this is official. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, uh, this is in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And then verse 24, and let us consider how to provoke one another or stir each other to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching and day is capitalized, meaning that is the, the end, all be all, it's the done, day. wrapped up. So this wow. is the thing that people are Hebrews, what, Hebrews 10 what? Hebrews 10, 23 through uh, 25. So good, man. Wow. So let us gather to be encouraged by one another. It doesn't say to hear a great message, but the encouragement comes through a great message. Yeah, you know, whatever the story is, whatever the draw is, let's hear from the Lord, be encouraged by each other. Let's stir each other up. Right. Or it says provoke one another. I want to provoke you, Eric, to do the thing that God has called you to do and don't hold back. Why do we hold back? Because the world's trying to pull us in to this tractor beam. It, the world is like the Death Star, you know, the, <laughs> and it's, the Death Star is like it's a tractor beam pulling you in to its clutches. And it does wants to destroy every planet that you want to be, every assignment that God's given you, wants to, it wants to destroy that. It wants to kill and to steal and rob and everything away from you. And it wants to hold you tight into its clutches and say, no, you need to follow me. You need to do this. And the world is what we're trying to not be a friend of. The Bible clearly says, do not be a friend of this world. Our assignment is not here to be friends with the world. We've got too many people trying to accommodate this world instead of accommodating being a kingdom citizen of heaven. We represent a different king and a different oh, kingdom. A whole different realm. And it, it, different. We're not, we don't belong here. We're foreigners and we all feel it. But we're not embracing it. We're trying to fight for this world to be a part of it, to blend in, to be chameleon Christians, and then be a Christian out of convenience. I can't even use the word Christian now. When people say I'm a Christian, I'm like, 
What does that even mean? Dude, I stopped using that word like 12, 13 years ago. I just tell people I follow Jesus. Yeah. I'm That's a faithful one of the Lord. I'm a yeah, but what church do you go to? Yeah, but what denomination <laughs> is it? I follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I heard that. But like, what's the denomination? No, that's the, den- I, I follow Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, it, it's same thing with publishing. Why are, why are we trying to follow the world's economics or the, you know, again, kingdom economics is different. It's not about the sales. It's about the souls. So what are we going after? If you're always going after the money, then that's where your heart is. Get it out, dude. Here's this deliverance. Get it out, man. Get it oh, out, dude. Yeah, you, you got me all fired up, man. I, that's why I brought you on. <laughs> that's why I brought you on, man. You know, I you, you remind me of uh, Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to this world. Yeah. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. You know, I can't remember who the first person I heard say. I think it was Chris Valentin. Um but he was he was saying how the Bible does not say I have the mind of Christ. The Bible says <laughs> we have the mind of Christ. And, if you, and it's everything you're saying, man, is you're preaching. It's like, look, if you're not getting authentic community at your church, this is not a statement against the church. God bless the church. God loves the church. It's his fiance. Okay. Like, and the church accomplishes an amazing amount of good. But understand something. God wants you in a community where you are pursuing what he's called you to do. People are encouraging you, coaching, mentoring, discipling, whatever language you want to put on it, encouraging you and helping you achieve that. And you are doing the same for them. And in that place right there, we have the mind of Christ in that place right there. Dude, There's no problem that exists or ever has existed or ever will exist that the mind of Christ isn't already like, oh, yeah, we can fix this. This this is all you got to do. I love what Graham Cook says. He says, the Holy Spirit doesn't see problems. Holy Spirit sees opportunities. um, That's so good. Opportunities and what uh, opportunities. And there was... um, I forget the other thing. But anyway, he doesn't... He's not looking at like, this is a problem that's going to destroy us all. That's right. He's like, oh, this is just an opportunity. For yeah. to bring transformation. Oh, this is an opportunity to insert the kingdom right here. Yeah. And so much of that comes out. You have to be my life was transformed in community in San Diego, radically yeah. transformed by being around people constantly, not once a week for an hour and a half, but daily <laughs> yeah. around people who were challenging me. Yeah. And calling me up. I see this and this in you. And we would begin to walk it out. I see you calling to do this. How can I help that come about in your life? Right. We need it so bad. We need it. Eric, so was bad it was it way. was it tough to do? Because it was it work on your part to 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 find that relationships in those community. So that's a good question. And so my journey is all of ours is obviously different. But for me, it, it, AA. It was the 12 steps and Alcoholics Anonymous was the starting place for it. But even that taught me so much because I was at a place where I was like, dude, I'm never going to church again the rest of my life. I want nothing to do with religion. I had just been like abused by it growing up. Uh, Forgive my direct language, but that's what religion does. It abuses people. And I was done with it. uh, But I was like, but this Jesus guy makes sense. I'm going to try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I learned how I learned 
inside of, I stayed in AA for about a year and a half. Then Holy Spirit began speaking to me saying like, if you stay here and continue to subscribe to these mindsets, you'll never get where I want you to be. Um, Come on. And, but, but it served its purpose and it was extremely beneficial for me early on because I, I started my day every single day for like nine months to a year, you know, five, six days out of the week, uh, going to a a. 7am meeting. And it was a small group of people and it was all older people who were serious about what they were doing. So I would just sit in there and soak up their wisdom. But that launched me into, then all of a sudden I was very comfortable in meetings and saw the benefit of them. And then it launched me into, um, I just, I was just hungry for Jesus. You know, I'd read yeah. the word and stuff would jump off the page at me and I'd be like, God, I'm yeah. not seeing that in any churches I'm going to, but you say it's real. So I believe it's real. And if it is, you got to show me. Yeah. And, he, and then all of a sudden I'm meeting believers who, you know, have some knowledge of Holy Spirit and we'd sit and worship and, you know, begin praying yeah. for each other. And then we got on the streets and then all of a sudden it was just like a cyclone. Dude. All of a sudden, just like an atomic bomb went off in my life. And I was like, <laughs> I, I went from that in AA to being so hungry for God and God leading me into community of believers that really knew him, that really knew Holy Spirit. Um, and so I never stopped being in community i never that he kind of he used he used my desperation and what i needed to kind of get some a little bit of like spiritual understanding under my feet to make me more comfortable with like you should be in a meeting almost every day or fellowshipping almost every single not almost every day you should be you know and so then you know the worshiping for five hours straight in somebody's apartment, you know, it was so much easier yeah. to do because yeah. of where I came from. And so yeah, you're going to have, it takes intentionality. That's it. Right you're there. not, you're not going to live it out by just like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. If that's the mentality, it's not going to happen. You have to be intentional with that's anything, it. with anything. If you really want to get better at something, grow in something, step into a whole new level of something in your life, you're not going to do it without intentionality. Yes. And, but you, you're intentional in those places. So much time for just like, you know what? I'm just going to show up today. Yeah. That's all I'm doing That's today it. is I'm just showing up and boom, you're encountering people, strength and relationship, encountering God. So God used my desperation to lead me on a path of being very comfortable at beating meetings all the time. But that can go to the wayside in a heartbeat if we're not continually intentional pursuing it. That's it. The intentionality. I mean, so when I say, was it work? Yes. You had to actually be intentional yes. to do it. I mean, you have people saying, use me, Lord. They're praying. Use me, Lord. I want to be your hands and feet. And then they sit down and put on Netflix. <laughs> so how is that going to be? How is God going to use you while you're you know, being distracted by worldly things? Instead of getting out of your house, getting out of your comfort zone, actually going on a walk and find out what the Lord leads you into. Um, a lot of times it's just being intentional to saying, God, I, I, I'm going to walk my neighborhood and I want to have something happen uh, that's going to be Holy Spirit led and and watch what he does. Watch what happens when when you do that. You're going to all of a sudden a dog runs by, runs up to you and and it's lost. And then you're you're like, oh, where's your tag? And then you're like, oh, let me call this number. And then, oh, I'm, I'm two two houses down. Can you bring? 
you know, Sparky back to me. And then you bring Sparky back and next thing it leads to a conversation when the next thing it leads to a, a salvation. This mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. Being intentional with your prayer saying, God, use me. Let me be your hands and feet. I want to be used by you. And then watch what he does when you go out on a simple walk. Um, you know, Eric, when we first met, um, I first met you, we, we met up at Starbucks and uh, this you crazy, and this, yeah, <laughs> and Steve, these, this, these crazy kids were just doing miracles. And I was watching them on, on Facebook and they're showing all these things. And I was reporting on miracles, the greater news. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we had just thousands of cataloged miracles. And, and uh, so I wanted to interview these guys and meet up with them. We met at Starbucks and Eric said, hi. And next thing you know, he's off praying for somebody 20 feet away <laughs> and seeing I'm watching this person get healed and set free. And uh, Steve's sitting there and I'm like, so this is, you know, he, we start talking and I'm like, and then Eric comes back and he's like, oh, sorry, not sorry. And next thing you know, Eric's off to the next person. He's like, oh, he just beelines it. It's like Eric was looking at me, but not really. He was just like, where's the next person, Lord? I could see his eyes, like, you know, moving side to side. He's like, I really don't want to sit here and talk to this guy. I want to I want to go and heal and, and, and pray for people. So he had this amazing zeal and just going for it. Uh, nothing's oh, changed. Oh, my goodness. Not, I mean, a little bit because I got a seven, five, and two-year-old that I got right. It's usually with me in public, but... No, these things are still <laughs> happening regularly as they happen with you and Jill everywhere you go, everywhere you go. Right. You know, this, even with that, with sharing the gospel and like public praying for people, yeah. being intentional and doing that, you know, so we've just done tons of workshops and we take people on the, the streets for part of it. And I've, you know, taken schools and ministry students and these different things. And you, you do a little teaching and training before, and then you get, I get this question most of the time it's a simple question and they just say well so that's awesome that god uses you in that way but like how do you break the ice like how, what do you go up and like say to people to like yeah get them to let them pray for you get them to let them talk to you and I, and i always make a big joke about it and i always say the exact same thing i'm like all right dude are, are you ready yeah, are you ready? I'll tell you a really big secret right now. Like, get out if you're not writing, if you're not taking notes right now, get out right now. Okay, this like this is this gonna change your life. So what you do is you go up to him and you say, "Hello, how are you?" I, did, I go a little differently. I go, "Hi." <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So that's a totally <laughs> different approach, but that probably works too. Yeah, just talk, just talk to people. You know, I share, you know, you share the testimonies, you know, it happens in your guys' life all the time, share the testimonies. And if people, when, when people oftentimes come on the street with me and actually see it happen, they're like, it's not that easy. Like, there's no, <laughs> no way it just happens just like that. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it's, ex- it's, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. You love people. You talk to people. And when people can sense you genuinely care about them and you're not trying, you know, you don't walk up and be like, hi, how are you today? I'm from this church. Can I pray for you? Right. <laughs> Look, I'll commend anybody that wants to get out there and pray for people and share. That's better than nothing. Right. But most people, you come up with an approach like that, they're just going to put their guard up. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah. So you go up and have a conversation with someone, ask how they're doing. And... 
find a time to interject and just simply say, look, you know, this might sound crazy. Maybe God gave you a word for him. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he gave you, you know, just to encourage him. Maybe you can just see they have a physical ailment or maybe you're just asking if you can pray for him and you just find a way yeah. to be conversational and relational and then just ask, would it be okay if I prayed for you? Almost nobody says no. Right. Everybody says yes. You'll be shocked if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, okay, then I'm going to do it. Just go out and love people. Be relational. Be kind. Be conversational. And then in there, just say, look, this might sound strange, but I love Jesus. Can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you? You will rarely get a no. Almost yeah. everybody says, okay, yeah, sure. You could pray for me. And then boom, all of a sudden you got your opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And even if there's a no, there's even if there is a no, you have no idea what God's going to do with that person afterwards because you've encountered, they've encountered the Lord through you. There's something there that there's a supernatural thing that God does. And we just don't know until you go. And so, you know, I've seen, you know, I've had a couple no's, um, but it might've been my own approach at the time or whatever it was. Like, you know, I, I said too much or, um, you know, I, I was trying to be the evangelist and, you know, you try <laughs> to put yourself in this, I'm an evangelist and, and you just, you kind of over, oversell yourself and it's like, just be you and be normal. And like, you're like, if I'm wearing my, you know, my fantasy writer shirt and, or someone else is, you know, wearing a shirt, I usually go like, oh man, I love that shirt. Yeah, and then so it stops. The There's a conversation. And then all of a sudden, boom, I've got a, I've got a word of encouragement for them. And I'm like, Hey, I just want to encourage. I don't even say I'm going to prophesy or I'm going to pray over you or ask. Never. I'm like, Hey, I just want to encourage just, you. Yeah. Right Can I encourage you? That's all I say. Yeah. I just, I'm, I just want to encourage you right now that, Hey, that one decision that you've been thinking about pondering, I think you've got a green light on it. I think you should move on that. You know what I'm talking about? Right. And they look at me like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go from there like how did you know that and you're like can i just pray for you and they're like yeah <laughs> that's such a good one too man all all the time somebody's just wearing a t-shirt of a team i like you yeah know? somebody's got a hat on it's like a cubs hat or something i'm like oh man they're having a rough season or something dude i don't know anything going on with the cubs season exactly start the conversation man yeah, you know, how are the Cubs doing a, this year? Yeah, you know, they're wearing a Chiefs. Jersey. Oh, man, dude, they won another Super Bowl, man. How do you think next season's going to be? You just yeah. start being relational and talking. And you so, might not even have a word for them yet. Not yet. Yeah, come, you're like, all of a sudden it'll show up because then you're intentionally thinking it like, Lord, what is the word that you have for them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the intentionality. Yeah, man, it really is. <clears throat> It, it, you know, as we wrap up here, dude, I mean, the encouragement I'd give anyone listening to the end of this conversation is just simply this, dude, it, you don't, don't stop looking for your people. You're, if, if you intentionally continue to look, do not isolate yourself. Okay. And don't yeah. stop intentionally looking for your people. And the other thing I would say is just don't, don't let fear disguise itself as wisdom. It, you're, you're, you have to be intentional at pursuing what you're called to do. It will not happen by being passive and just, well, one day, and maybe it'll happen one day. <laughs> what, 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 how would you, how would you wrap the conversation, man, speaking some encouragement directly to someone who wants to do it, but just hasn't been able to push past it yet. 
I'd say that, uh, you know, each of us have an assignment in life, a task to complete. And our pursuit is to find out what that is. And ultimately, it's to glorify God. It's to glorify the Father in heaven, to glorify the Holy Spirit, to glorify Jesus, to glorify our King and his kingdom, to be a light like Jesus was a great light in darkness here in this world that we would con- that he would continually light up this world through us. And it's going to be done through community. It's not going to be done through, you know, rogue uh, Christians going out on their own saying, I don't need people. That is a lie yes, from the do. enemy. And, and you've already been taken out of the game by doing that alone. So it's time to get through with people. And you don't have to have a lot of people. Two or more are gathered. That's why I sent them out two by two. And when we went up two by two, we we were, we he was given we were given authority over impure spirits. So I even say that with writers, gather with another writer and write together and you don't even have to talk. And you've already given get, received authority over impure spirits because impure spirits are trying to write in your book. They're trying to get into your book. And um, and so everything we do, there's two editors in life. There's the editor of Little S because I call him Little S because he doesn't deserve a capital letter of Satan. <laughs> and then there's then there's Big G, God. So he's trying to edit our life. And then you've got little S trying to put in pages, insert pages of lies into your, your, your story. So it's time for us to fulfill the assignment. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jesus had an assignment and in, in, uh, in John 17, verse four, it says, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Come on. So if Jesus finished his work, then it's our job. It's now our time to finish our work. And in Colossians four seventeen, it says, "See that you complete the task that you have received in the Lord." That's so good, dude. So there it is. Bam, take it. Your race. That's good, man. We can't That's... deny the truth of who we are and what He's called us to be any longer, and stop submitting ourselves to this world. And these worldly mechanics. And I'm not saying go out and quit your jobs and that kind of stuff, but really prioritize things differently. If you're called to write, then stop making excuses of I don't have time or I've got kids or I've got all these things. Prioritize. Give me give me 15 minutes a day to write something and you're going to and you're going to move mountains through the Lord. He's going to stop time for you so you can do these things. Um, stop letting the world dictate what you're supposed to do and start moving with what the kingdom's called you to do. Preach. <laughs> if you say to this mountain, move, it's going to move. So what is the mountain in your life? And say, move. <laughs> and this is why we are such good friends still so many years <laughs> later. <my friend. laughs> I'm always telling you to move that mountain, Eric. Come on. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, my first book has been a journey, uh, but it's coming. It's coming, man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, dude. Um, all right, man. Someone wanted to get some of the resources that you got. Someone wanted to connect. Somebody wanted. What, what's the? I'll put the website in the um, in the description too, in the link. But how would someone reach out and connect with you if they wanted to? Yeah, I mean, social media, My, um, you just look for my name, Bray Wyckoff. Um, you can Google search me. You can go to kingdomwritersassociation.com. Go to our contact page there. Um, you can email me, Bray Wyckoff at Gmail. I'm an open book, uh, literally. And uh, so 
anyone that wants to learn more about what we're doing or you're feeling a, a nudge from the Lord through this conversation and reach out, don't let that nudge fade away. Find out, pursue, be intentional to find out what the Holy Spirit is leading you to. I'll leave you this one one last testimony, and that was a girl in Minnesota. Um, we had a powerful meeting of 50 people, strangers that came. We called it Plundering the Darkness. And um, awesome. it was about writing their testimony. It was about God speaking to the writer. And she came up and shared some dark things that the enemy had stolen from her in her life. I mean, just deep, dark, dark stuff. And she shared it with publicly in front of 50 strangers. And um, she emailed us later because we prophesied over her. We told her who she is. Christ died for this. And, and, and we just kind of had a massive deliverance. She emailed us the next week while we're on the road. And she said, I was in witchcraft. I left my family, my children. Um, I was sexually active with other guys. And then the Lord restored me, brought me home. And I've been trying to write my story for the last two years to leave something behind for my children. And I've hit wall after wall after wall. But until that night when you guys came in and when I had the encounter with the Holy Spirit, I was able to write my story in two days. Wow. So this is the type of breakthrough that God wants to bring in our life. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'll speak to even those that aren't even called to write that God wants to bring tremendous breakthrough. And it's time for him to establish himself in our lives and let him be the rock of, of who we are. And, and now that we would tether ourselves to him as an anchor point, that we'd be anchored behind the veil, it talks about in Hebrews, that we would remain behind the veil, anchored to him as we move about in this world. So I just bless you guys in the name of Jesus uh, to move the way that God is moving and to uh, sift through all of the barriers to break through. He is the king of breakthrough to break through those barriers that are holding you back. My it is God. time. Amen. Amen, man. We're going to end right there. I'll have some contact info if anyone wants to connect. Love you, my friend. Thank you so much. Love you too, Eric. Love everybody. Blessings. Let's do this, guys. Listen, guys, if this podcast encouraged you, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Go leave a five-star rating. Leave us a good review. Helps us reach more people with this message of faith and of hope. And if you know someone that you think this podcast would help and encourage, go ahead and send it to them. Thanks for joining us on the journey, guys.